Welcome to The Ordinary Show, an ordinary podcast with ordinary guests for ordinary people. I'm your host, Cardell Morgan, and my guest today is Eddie Dillard. He is a really good friend of mine. I have known him since my sophomore year at Louisiana Tech. He is a good friend of mine. We, we stay in touch, and today we're going to talk about Eddie. That's kind of like what we're going to talk about. I, I, wanna, I want people to get to know him. And uh, I got a few different topics we're going to touch on, but Eddie's a great guy, and he's originally from Homer. Uh, Athens, but I've I've moved all around. It's 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 pretty much Claiborne Parish. It's all the same thing, bro. It's <laughs> it's all the same, but uh, close. He lives originally from Athens, which I knew. I don't know why I said Homer. Mm-hmm. I knew that he's originally from Athens, but right now you live in the Dallas Fort Worth area, right? Correct. All right, and so. Uh, is there anything uh, you want to let people know about yourself before we start? Uh, no, nah, I mean, nothing really. I'm just a ordinary guy. You know what I'm saying? They're out here trying to make it. So, uh, you know, you can fire away or we can wherever you want to start. Well, you know, like I said before, uh, the episode is kind of about you. So let's, let's get down like deep, really start. Uh, what defines you as a person? What defines me as a person? Yeah. Uh, I guess it would be like, um, I'm a laid back, humble guy from humble beginnings. Uh, I'm deeply rooted. Uh, I'm calm. You know, I I don't like subscribe to a lot of drama and stuff like that. It's not that I'm like naive to different things or I'm ignorant to a lot of stuff. It's just, um, I don't like I don't let a lot of things like phase me. So I'm really like chill, laid back. Um I love people, even though I'm like an introvert. Like I feel like I'm an introvert. But once I let you in or once you get in, like my my circle as they call it or whatnot, man, it's just like um I'm your brother for life. You got a brother for life. Like you can call me at the drop of a dime, I'm gonna be there. Uh, within reason and stuff like that. So I'm just pretty much down to earth, um, pretty chill guy. So that's pretty much what defines me, I guess. Okay. Um, you say that, uh, and this is something that I, I know personally, but let's just go into a little bit. You say that once, you know, someone has your brother, your brother for life. Uh, what, what's your ideology on brotherhood? Because, me and you are both uh, went to tech together. We're good friends, both in UWM. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where our friendship started. Mm-hmm. And you've always, anytime I need you, I need you for anything. You've always been there for me. Um, I, I literally sometimes I text you at random times of the day or night or whatever. Just not even for anything. Just I just want to talk to you, right? Mm-hmm. You always respond like probably like with within the hour. Mm-hmm. And so. What def- what defines brotherhood to you, and why is that so uh, important to you? Ah, uh, man, that is a that is an awesome question, bro, and I really do appreciate that. Um, brotherhood is everything to me. Um, I came to Tech literally straight after my high school graduation. Like that Sunday, I was graduating from high school, like in um, what was it, oh six, and literally like the following couple of days I was moving into my dorm at Tech campus and didn't even do orientation or anything like that. And as the oldest of three with no brothers, like it's just me and my two younger sisters and my mother. And I just grew up around a very nurturing environment, but I did not have that, um, that brotherly, you know, bond with anyone coming up that I could like lean on and like just to go through different things and uh, express myself, you know, as far as how I view things with people like-minded like me outside of like my sisters and stuff. So just to have somebody to meet with on that kind of level, I was yearning for that. You know what I'm saying? I came to tech and I did not really know anybody. Um, I I was, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I knew people from high school that went to tech 
but they was kind of off doing their own thing. And I really was kind of like, I don't really want to bother too many people. I really just want to kind of wade the water and figure out my, uh, how things are supposed to go around here. Cause I'm from a small town, like a real small town and going to a bigger uh, environment than what I was accustomed to. It was kind of a, a, a an interesting adjustment for me, but I do know that I was looking for friendship and in order to, find friendship, you have to show yourself friendly. So I was like, I was just was walking around and then I came upon, um, I met Zach and we just really hit it off. And it's just like, that just us hitting it, I forget how we met exactly, but I do know that he was wearing some UAAM stuff and it's just his whole energy. And then I met another brother and then I met a, he, he, through him I've met many different people and I didn't know I knew I wanted brotherhood but I just didn't know like how to go about it and just having people that you can lean on like Zach as far as being a, uh, a mediator or a, a point man for me to try to help me out along this journey because he came he was a single child and stuff like that. You've, you've had him on your podcast and like, he is a real, real humble dude. When I think of brothers, man, I think of people like him and people like this in our organization and whatnot. And um, just meeting him and then meeting everyone else, uh, like trickle down from him and then meeting everybody else is really like uh, eye opening experience and just all together, man, it's really been more than I could ever ask for, man. And it's just like, I was shy, I was nervous. I was, I didn't really know myself in, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Like I was still finding myself, like what it is, like trying to come out my shell, perception is everything and stuff like that. And I didn't really know how to find myself, but in or, meeting Zach and then ultimately becoming a brother in UAAM and meeting you and Frank and just uh, all these brothers, man, that that welcome me with open arms, man. And it's just like, I once I like I said earlier, I'm an introvert at heart, and once I let people in, they they got a brother for life, man. I don't care what time you call me, what time you text me, whatnot. I try to be you know as responsive as I possibly can because. Y'all are my brothers, man, and blood couldn't make us any closer. And um, it's really made me a better person. So I guess uh, I wrap uh, uh, wrapped it up by saying, man, it's, it's been a blessing, way more than I could ever um, imagine, man. Like, I wanted brothers. I just did not know how to go about it. And, you know, one thing led to another, and now I got brothers for life. Like I said, that blood couldn't make us any closer. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. You know, it's it's been an experience of a lifetime and I would not trade it for anything. And um, I'm really, really blessed to have you and everybody else in the organization and not in the organization, you know, just people in general that I, I've been blessed to call my brother, man. So thank you. Yeah, no, and you know, uh, the thing that you said is that is Zach, right? Zach was my first guest on the podcast. I mean, that goes because when I asked Zach, I was like, I'm starting the podcast. I was like, will you be on my podcast? He was like, yeah. They're like, no question. Like, I didn't even have to convince him or anything. He was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach, it's when you're, you're right. When I think of like uh, like quintessential brother, right? Mm-hmm. It's Zach. Zach would do anything for anybody. And you're right. He introduced so many people. Um, even like you, you're saying for you, but from for myself also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember just Zach would just be like, oh, it's this person, it's this person. Uh, it's, Zach, so I think Zach introduced me before UWM to some people because I had met I had met Zach before UWM. Mm-hmm. Um, he introduced me to some people, but yeah, Zach is is a is a great brother. Uh, shout out to Zach. Shout that. out to Zach, man. That's my you, boy right absolutely there. Absolutely right. Um, <clears throat> we talked uh, about just a little bit before we were talking about how you live in the Dallas area. I do. The, the Dallas Fort Worth metropolitan area. People like yes. Call it. Yes. And the thing about Dallas is I think that especially if you're not from the South, people may forget Dallas is a very large city and it's growing. Man, lot. exponentially, bro. It is it is huge. It's more than I could 
ever imagined. Like I've only been out here since late, like around Thanksgiving of 2019, and I mm-hmm. still finding out new places, man. It's 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 a lot out here, man, for sure. But my well, bad, I mean to cut you off. No, no, I mean you're going right into into where I was going because I was saying that Dallas is this growing city. It's got a lot going for it. So I wanted you because like you live there. Give me your perspective on Dallas from somebody who lives there. Okay. Well, um, like you mentioned earlier, it's like a whole metroplex, right? So it's Dallas, and then you got all these little towns around it. Mm-hmm. But it's it's under the same umbrella, if you will. Um, two major airports, um, one international. I don't think Love Field is international. If it is, my apologies. Um, but it's, it is so diverse out here, man. You have different cultures. Um, it's always on the go. Um, you, If you get burnt out on one thing, you can try another thing. It's always something to do out here. It's, uh, there's all, especially with um, restrictions being lifted, as rapidly as they are, um, it seems like things are trying to open back up a lot more. So you're starting to see, um, I think the Rangers were the first like professional team that was able to be at like 100% capacity or whatnot. So it's, it's booming, like especially with the Mavs in the playoffs now. So when they play pretty soon, uh, when they come back to the AAC, that's going to be booming. So it's like, it's all, it's, a lot going on out here not to mention like six flags and your touristy stuff but it's always it's like um holes in the wall like little hidden gems and stuff out here too that uh i'm still trying to find you know thank god for like yelp and google and stuff like that man because without that man i'd be kind of lost and i'm still trying to um break out my shell and try to try different things Mm -hmm. and see what else is out there because we're when I got here, it was still open and whatnot. But then, of course, we had to shut down. So I really been kind of restricted on what I could, like how I could move and stuff like that. But with everything opening back up now, especially with Memorial Day coming up, and then you got the Fourth of July and stuff like that. So it's going to be um, a lot going on, and people are going to be out and about. And so it's always going to be something going on, man. You got everything from comedy shows to Freaking um, food is everywhere. Like that when they tell you it's everything is bigger in Texas, bro. They they not lying. They not lying at all, man. It's like the food out here is is major. They they um everything from like water burger to like everything else you could imagine, man. If you if you got a taste for it, man, you can definitely find it in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex area. If you want to do it, you can definitely. There's a spot for you to um to do whatever it is that you want to do. And um, I can't wait to continue to explore what else it is. And if you don't want to do anything, man, you can go. I mean, you they have different areas where you can just go chill and hang out. There's very, they have different um, parks and stuff like that. Cause I'm big into nature and uh, the outdoors, I guess that's the countryside of me coming out, but I do love the outdoors and just the peace and quiet of, um, of it because it's the hustle and bustle of the city. But to find that balance, um, I do like to kind of get away and go walking on um, like trails and stuff like that. It's not a lot of hiking areas per se out here, but just to go out along the nature um, trails and stuff like that, just to be at peace and whatnot. So it's it's a lot to do out here, man. I'm barely scratching the surface. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, I grew up in North Louisiana, which is, um, I always tell people this when, whenever I can because I think people don't realize that North Louisiana is very different from South Louisiana. So mm-hmm. If you're thinking of Louisiana in your mind, if you're not from Louisiana, you're thinking of Louisiana in your mind, you're thinking of South Louisiana. And I grew, mm-hmm. I grew up in North Louisiana. So people are always like, oh, I've been to I've been to New Orleans like a handful of times my entire life. Like I, I could probably count on one hand how many times mm-hmm. I, I've been to New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Dallas I've been to countless times just because I think it's closer to where I grew up than Orleans is. That makes sense. Yeah, I've been there quite a few times, and it is big. Like, I've I've gone to Dallas a few times. I'm doing air culture Dallas, and I spent 
the whole time I was there in like one city and never even gone to any of the other cities, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I never thought much of it because it's just that's like one of the big, the, the, the major city around, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I went back for for Frank's wedding. That was, that was the first time I'd been back to Dallas in years. I went back for Frank's wedding, and I with with almost with new eyes, I guess I because I hadn't been there so long. I was like, wow, Dallas is really big and there's really yep. a lot to do here and mm-hmm. i guess so from that perspective i want to ask ask you what is aside from what there is to do there and things like that what's the culture like in dallas because <laughs> cities tend to have like their own kind of like feel or vibe or dna whatever you want to call it right what mm-hmm. is that in in dallas can you describe that to me well, I, I guess I can give you like a just from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a like I said earlier, it's a very, very, very diverse culture uh, out here. Um, you can go from like Cedar Hill, Duncanville, South Dallas, Oak Cliff area, which is predominantly um, predominantly black. You know what I'm saying? To like uh, places like Irving. Where um, I'm familiar with, they uh, they have a lot. It's a very um, um, Asian um, Indian influence out here. Uh, you have uh, freaking, of course, you have the Spanish, uh, Hispanic communities, uh, various communities out here. There, it's just a, a big um, gumbo pot. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of us. And I say us, people from Louisiana moved out here. Mm-hmm. So you do have a lot of uh, Louisiana culture inf- uh, infused in here as well. Um, they, they do have different type of um, fusions with uh, the Asian. There are some Asian Hispanic kind of fusion places out here. Um, but as far as like the culture and whatnot, man, like I said earlier, it's just a big gumbo pot, man. It's all about what you what you looking for? Um, do you, uh, me, I, I tend to stick to what I'm more comfortable with. Um, not saying that I, I'm naive or not uh, trying to try different things and whatnot, but I'm more so if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Yeah. I like, um, I like what I like, you know what I'm saying? As far as um, everything from like the music to the food and stuff like that, to the to the vibe and the energies, because I'm big on energy and stuff like that. So if I feel like something is off or whatnot, I kind of don't don't venture over there. And especially with Dallas, like you just mentioned, it's so vast, man. It's it's so it was congested at one time, at one period of time, mm-hmm. but now everybody is is spreading out. Like you got the Dallas and then you got people like, I mean, you got places like Plano and McKinney. Then you got further up, you got like Little Elm and Denton and places like that. But then you also got places to the east and places to the west. And like I said, down south, South Dallas, where you got like Oak Cliff and and, and Cedar Hill and Duncanville and all of those places where it's just like you don't have to necessarily be in Dallas per se in in the Dallas you know, city of Dallas to um, to do things. Of course, there are a lot of things to do in Dallas, but with such um, it growing at such an exponential rate, um, these cities and whatnot are being like, we can just create what we want here and keep the dollars here. That way you don't have to go all the way out to Dallas. I mean, to do anything you want, because uh, much like me, I'm from North Louisiana to uh, the country, uh, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, mm-hmm. where it's just like if I wanted to do something, um, I either had to go to Ruston or I had to go um, west towards Shreveport to go do something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That was yep. like an hour and a half or mm-hmm. an hour plus to get to Shreveport, do what you want to do and then still drive an hour plus back. To just to get home and stuff like that. So having that um, not be the case out here where if you want to go do something, you can do it at the drop of a dime. It may take like 20 minutes, but you'll be there before you know it because they're always building construct, I mean, roads and highways and, and constructions everywhere and all this stuff. So it's definitely a very diverse culture. Um, it's all, like I said earlier, it's definitely something to do 
if you want to go do it, if you want to bowl, there are plenty of places to bowl. If you want to uh, walk, take nature, I mean, go out and walk around and you know, outside and stuff like that. There are trails and parks and stuff like that galore. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a lot, man, especially, like I said earlier, coming from the country, I'm still trying to gather my wits about me as far as um, trying new things and getting out there more. And with the restrictions being lifted, I'm definitely going to be doing that. So that's a long-winded answer, but it's definitely like my mindset as far as how to um, describe the culture and whatnot out here. I guess it's just um, whatever you're looking for, you can definitely find it out here. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. So... I want to jump on a topic that's kind of related and kind of not, right? So, you know, we've been talking about how, you know, diverse Dallas is, how much there is to do, right? And also earlier, you, you spoke that you you just moved there in what uh, you said, the end of 2019, right? Yeah. And then, uh, um, what is your experience as a single man in 2021 in Dallas. What is that like? I mean, uh, from what aspect are you, are you asking? Just to like, just tell me like, what's that like? Is, is it frustrating? Is it like, just describe it to me. Like, tell me how that is. Cause I mean, if, if, if you live in Austin or if you live in Atlanta, you live up here, like with me, like in Washington or you live in DC or wherever. Right. Uh huh. That's, they have different experiences, right? And just uh-huh. like you were talking about how they have different experiences growing up in Athens, right? Uh-huh. So I was like, what what is it like there in Dallas? In Dallas? Okay, well, uh, like you mentioned, I am single, so you know, it's it's different for me as it pertains to those that are uh in entanglements or relationships or whatnot, you know. Uh I just it's a lot going out, going on. Like I said earlier, with the restrictions being lifted, uh, it's all, every place is jumping from like Chili's to freaking the clubs or the um, the lounges and whatnot. So it is a very diverse populace out here, especially as it pertains to the women. And um, the dating scene has been a little difficult, as, uh, especially with COVID and whatnot. That kind of put a halt on a lot of things. But um, like I said, it's, it's a lot of women out here. Very interesting mix, um, diverse cultures and nationalities and different things. And uh, you may meet somebody one day and y'all kind of hit it off. But then it may be um, you meet somebody else the next day and y'all hit it off even more and stuff like that. It's just like whatever it is that you're looking for, you can definitely find it. And sometimes you don't even have to be looking. You can be walking through a big box store and uh, you grab something and somebody else grab it at the same time and y'all kind of hit it off like that or whatnot. So it's just people are kind of friendly out here. Mm -hmm. But then, um, of course, you got, like I said, you got different... um, mindsets and whatnot not everybody is going to have that that southern hospitality out here so you got to be on your p's and q's and stuff like that uh know know where you're going and you know who you're dealing with and stuff like that but as far as um like dating and the nightlife and stuff like that it's it's been pretty interesting um, but it's only going to get better because, like I said earlier, the restrictions have been lifted, but um, people are still kind of walking on eggshells, just trying to get back into the flow of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, in due time, you know what I'm saying, I think everything's going to be picking back up. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy. It don't take a lot for me. I'm, I'm pretty chill. Like I don't need all the, um, the outgoing, you know, flamboyant kind of stuff. Like I'm real mellow with mine. Like I don't like a lot of attention and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, it's just all how you perceive it and stuff like that, man. Like you can, um, if you want it, you can definitely find it and you don't even have to 
be wanted to find stuff. And um, the women, the women out here are very interesting. Like I said earlier, especially the, those that I'm, uh, I kind of deal with on a face-to-face basis, on like mm-hmm. a daily basis. Um, you meet people from all over the country, man. Not even just Dallas, but a lot of people move to Dallas, much like I did, just for the opportunity. Just get out here and the opportunities are, are, are endless. You know what I'm saying? So to find people, you get to hear people's uh, different people's stories about how they wound up in Dallas and stuff like that. And that's one thing that I'm realizing, too, is that everybody got a story. Everybody's gone through something and you just got to be the kind of person. Do you want to listen or, or do you find it interesting and stuff like that? So it's kind of um, it's been an eye opening experience. But an experience, nonetheless, that I'm, you know, taken by the horns and ready to uh, be more appreciative and embracing different changes and whatnot that, that come along with these experiences and be more uh, more open minded and not so closed minded like people that can have that box mentality where they are afraid to try different things and whatnot. So I'm kind of. Um, anxious to get back out there and really see what else is out there because like I said, I'm barely scratching the surface and uh, there are people that just moved out here um, sooner than me or later than me and Mm -hmm. have done a lot more than I have, but I know I like to move at my own kind of pace. So Mm -hmm. I'm really just um, scratching the surface. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, uh, this was years ago, and this might not be the case anymore. So somebody, somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, he's not telling. He's wrong about that." This is years ago, so this may not be the case anymore. But me, Cecil, and Esteban went to Atlanta for I don't know, like a, a long weekend, and I remember we were we had, I think we were in the car and we listened to, to the, the radio. This was back before. This was like I said, it was a while ago. It was back before like streaming music got big. So we were still listening mm-hmm. to the radio, right? Mm-hmm. I remember a commercial came on. And they were like, men get in free at whatever club this was until whatever time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's because uh, in Atlanta at the time, at least, there were more women than men, right? So the, the draw was to get the men in because the women wanted the, the men, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, you came to visit me, but I lived in D- the, the D.C. area for yeah. a little yep. bit. And, and one thing I, I noticed about women there, right? Uh, from my own personal experience, right? Again, so if you're listening to DC, you're like, I don't have that experience. It's just my own personal experience. Women were, um, they, like, they were more open, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. They were just like, you know, if they wanted you, they would, like, make the first move, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. like, you know, where I grew up, that usually didn't case. You had to, like, go to a woman, right? And, like, if, yeah. you, her, if, you, if you were interested in her, women didn't really like to make the, the first move. But in, in when I lived in DC, that really wasn't the case. And even, like, you know, again, shifting. I, I moved out west for a little bit. Well, I still live out west, but I, I met my wife out here out west, and my wife is, is very different from any other woman I ever met in the south, right? She's, like, just her pers- whole perspective on the world is completely different, and and I guess um, is, is my point in saying all that is that is there a difference between all the places you lived? Are women in Dallas different, or, I mean, or, or whoever, like, just the people you're, you know, um, the the women, the dating scene, however you want to say it, it, how is it different from other places you've lived? Uh, just listen to how you described um, the DMV area as opposed to, like, where we come from. Right. Uh, I It's pretty much the same step-for-step, step, like, um, experience that I've had. Of course, like I mentioned earlier, Dallas is a big melting pot, but the women out here, as it pertains to um, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there are women out here that know what they want, right? They're not afraid to let you know, hey, man, you know, I, I find you interesting or whatnot. Um, and I, that doesn't, that's not a turn off or anything for me. It's new because I'm not really used to um, women being as... Uh, up front, I guess would be the appropriate word, or be more mm-hmm. as approaching, or willing to take the first step, or be the one to make the first move kind of thing. Um, it's a welcome 
kind of thing, you know, I, I appreciate ain't nothing wrong with being told that you kind of, that you want it or stuff like that, especially by, you know, it's some, it's some beautiful women out here, bro. I ain't gonna, I ain't much gonna lie yeah. to you. It's some beautiful women out here, but, um, beauty is only skin deep for me as it pertains to um, stuff like that. I like to meet people and see where they head at. I, um, I'm more so of a, um, like where they where they heart and their mind are lined up in and stuff like that, but they are out here as far as the the um, the mindset of a lot of women out here. Um, there are a lot of educated women out here, bro. A lot of of, of highly educated women. There are a lot of, of women that's not educated out here, but they um, the majority of them know what they want and they know what they don't want. And they've all been through some things and they um, have different experiences and their approaches may be different. But for the most part, a lot of the women that I have met have been um, not the first one to make the move, but they they're not hesitant in letting you know what their aspirations are as far as like, you know, they feeling you kind of thing. Excuse me, but it's yeah. it's it's been a welcome <laughs> it's been a welcome um, change than what I am normally accustomed to because much like what you described as far as like the man makes the first move he's the one the whole courting thing mm-hmm. that our, our our grandparents and whatnot went did and whatnot so it's it's just this new generation our generation is like time is for is for the taking you know what I'm saying you don't we're not prompt promise tomorrow and we have to go for what we i mean what we want and whatnot and if it don't work or if they're not feeling it then just be respectful and decline or whatnot but it's not overly aggressive in their approach or my approach or anything like that but it's it's like um they're not hesitant at letting you know what's up and um where they coming from and it's up to you to make that um, decision if you kind of want to go down that avenue, but I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I kind of like my women kind of like, um, not aggressive, but like not shy in telling, telling what they want. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, be kind of upfront with me personally. That way I'm not wasting my time and time is, is priceless and you don't get it back. So you want to make sure that you spending your time, your necessary time, on something you find you deem worthy. And um, that's been the journey that I've been on. But I have met, there are some people that I am familiar with from back home that live out here. Mm-hmm. And um, we kind of have the same mindset and me, with, uh, with me knowing them, I kind of have to adjust my approach to them because we got that, we already have that baseline or that, that foundation kind of set due to like past, uh, interactions or history. So it's kind of like if they tell you they from someplace or whatnot, then you kind of know. But if you meet somebody out here and say they from Cali, then you kind of know that Cali folk get down a little different than people from like New York or people from Dallas or New Orleans for that matter. fact, You know what I'm saying? So it's a big melting pot, but it's, it's definitely more it's a lot of fish in the pond out here, if you feel me. It's just, it's, um, it's interesting in a good way. I'll say that. Okay. Well, the shift though, from that a little bit, like like I said, you've been living in Dallas for almost two years, and are you still a fulfillment coordinator? Uh, no. Okay. What What job do you do now? I manage a warehouse for a um, one of the leading uh, pathology labs mm-hmm. uh, in like the South or whatnot. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of um, pathologists, like a lot of pathology work, uh, research, um, especially with the COVID stuff. We started to take on more COVID um, samples and whatnot. And basically I handle all of the, not the head logistics guy, but I do handle like the shipments and um, the supplies and whatnot to make sure the labs that we do have in our building uh, remain in tip top shape to where they can continue to um, 
knock out these uh, tests and get these uh, results back to the uh, patients as quickly and timely as, as possible. Um, so, yeah, that's what pretty much in a nutshell what I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was it like um, when um, COVID was going on for the, for you in your job? What was that? Was it was that? Was that a busy time? Was it more laid back? So some people I know um, during COVID, they had like a real chill job because they could stay home and they could do other stuff. Some people were like, no, I got to go to work every day. I got to like go to a physical place. Uh-huh. So what was it like for you working during COVID? Well, for me personally, since I did, I do work in a warehouse environment. Mm-hmm. I had to, um, and we're co- we were co- we are constantly getting specimens in for our different labs to test and whatnot. Um, I still had to go phys- go to the physical building. Um, COVID really didn't stop anything for me. Uh, it did slow down a little bit because COVID came out of left field. Nobody saw this coming, right? So we had to make adjustments on the fly, especially as it pertains to um, social distancing and stuff like that in the labs and limiting interactions uh, between the employees that did have to come in, like our lab uh, lab techs and accessioners and whatnot that did have to come in uh, because we dealing with specimens, right? We dealing with cancer specimens and, and, and gynecological um, specimens and pap smears and all different stuff that these patients are kind of like, well, I already sent my stuff off. I kind of need these results back in a short period of time. So it really didn't stop too much for us. We mm-hmm. kind of just made the necessary adjustments. Um, now, at one point in time early on, they uh, when they did end up shutting down Texas, they had to, um, my job handed us out this um, like form saying that we could like be out and about <laughs> and it was just like a little piece of paper printed off saying, this is your job. I mean, this, you know, your job, uh, you have the authorization and stuff like that, just in case you get pulled over or some stuff like that, which I found kind of weird that they would be like tripping on it. But it's, um, I get, it was a new experience for everybody. So they really just want to cover their bases. Mm-hmm. So um, there were people in the labs that did not have to come in. Um, such as like billing. Billing did not the, did not necessarily have to come to the physical building. You, they could do that from home. So they made the necessary adjustments for people that could work from home. They made it, they let them work from home. But for the people that had to come in every day, they 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 came in every day for um, like in my position, like in my area, we um, it's a small staff, so we did come in every day by um like we worked our normal times but for like the labs and stuff like that they would work staggered shifts that way it's not too overcrowded at like the normal day shift kind of thing they would they would have some come in at different times throughout the day uh that way it's not over in the building itself so they made necessary adjustments and uh it was a learning experience for all of us um i do know some people that actually came down with the COVID and stuff like that while they uh, were working because mm-hmm. we did we deal with uh, receiving COVID sp- uh, samples so we could process them and try to see if they are uh, positive or negative and stuff like that. And plus, people going to do what they want to do anyway outside of work. So they um, some people ended up catching it and whatnot, but the, um, they did mandate masks. Um, which we already had. We had surgical, I mean, not surgical, medical masks, but that we started to get in, um, like, the special kind of masks, the N95 masks and stuff like that. But was re- what was really the, um, the interesting thing throughout this whole thing was the logistics nightmare. Like, you never really realize how um, important something like gloves right? The little nitrile examination gloves. Mm-hmm. You never realize how much you need that stuff until a particular country that manufactures these things 
said uh, they kind of put the halt on it. You know what I'm saying? Everything kind of hit the fan. So you're out of something like gloves or something like tips for um, pipettes and stuff like that for actually, for us to actually do transfer specimens to and fro and stuff like that. Uh, you never really realize how much you need something like that until they tell you, oh, it's a four-month or three-month-plus wait <laughs> on something as simple as little plastic tips or something like gloves or something like that. So it was a headache, um, but it was kind of like, what can you do? Uh, everybody in their mama that deals with our line of work needed needs those particular items. So it was kind of like, these people that manufacture them had to go to a uh, a uh, evenly distributed kind of kind of thing where everybody, well, allocation kind of thing. Like, okay, you getting five cases here? They get five. This lab gets five cases. This particular company will get five cases, and that they had to do it like that. And that went on. It's really still. We just now starting to get back to somewhat normal regarding our logistics and whatnot. But that was a real, like, hiccup. And like I said earlier, you never really know how much you need something until it's like, damn, I really, I, I kind of need some, some tips or some gloves. But they, the only manufacturer for this particular machine is the only one that produces it. And they're not producing it right now due to um, travel or transportation and stuff like that being at a standstill. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, no, it sounds interesting. You know, listening to you talk, the thing that came to mind, I heard this guy say um, it was a while back, but it was it was during COVID. He was saying how like people don't realize how much of a delicate balance like the world is. People are like, oh, you know, it's fine if this thing people stop doing this, but it's like once like major people stop doing things that the world needs like it's like a domino right mm-hmm. and people is like and he was saying like sometimes it's things you don't even think of right it's things you don't even think about in your daily life and it affects your life and you don't even think about it mm-hmm. and so listen to you to say that i mean just remind me of, of that man yep. um you mind if i hit on something oh yeah no go for it all right so what this whole um COVID situation has really brought to light for me as far as like an actualization or realization is just like stuff like personal hygiene, um, space, personal space, uh, uh, just management of like your, your, your sanity and stuff like that. Because there were just saying it up close and personal, people were, were getting like fed up because they were having to make um, choices or make adjustments because you got to think about it. It's people out here with families that's having to um, keep they, their kids are having to stay home, but they're not actually able to be home because they haven't, they're going to, they have to work. You know what I'm saying? And their job requires them to, to, um, come in like you actually have to come to the building in order to execute your job and stuff like that so it was um and i'm not besmirching my job they did the best they could as far as making adjustments for people with children and stuff like that so i do tip my hat for them for that but it's just like you got to realize it's a lot of people out here that wasn't washing their hands there's a lot of people out here that was really like coughing and sneezing and rubbing and just doing all type of uh, bodily fluids and stuff like that that they really was just like <laughs> it was some nasty folk out here you know what I'm saying and yeah. it really just like me personally I was always kind of like a, a not a germaphobe thing but I was always cognizant of you need to wash your hands you got to brush your teeth you got to give people their personal space and stuff like that but it really brought a um, shed light on that as far as how many people don't or take it for granted or don't really do it at all. But um yeah, I just wanted to touch base on that for a second. Yeah, no. Yeah, man. Good points. Um this this job you you have now, um how how did you find this job? Uh well uh one of my last jobs that I was working back home ended up relocating 
to the Dallas Fort Worth area. And it was a startup company. And I was like the first one of the first ones that they hired. Um, so once they told us, uh, this was like 2016, 2017 kind of thing. And uh, like a year or so later, they was like, uh, we're going to be relocating to the Dallas Fort Worth area. So um, they pulled me to the side and was like, you know, we really like your ethic and we like the direction that you're heading for. We think you'd be an asset. Would you like to relocate to the Dallas Fort Worth area with us? So I really had to think about it. And I talked it over with those in my circle, you know, my family and stuff like that. And I prayed over it and I was like, let me just get out here. I just need the opportunity. Just let me get out here. And I know that the opportunities out here are vast. So I, I ended up accepting the offer, relocate out here. Didn't really know anybody, know anybody. Like I knew some people, but I don't like to bother folk. You know what I'm saying? I'm more so just like everybody doing their own thing kind of thing. So yeah. I moved out here and um, not even six months later, the job closes and they gave me the, um, the notice like uh, a month or like a couple of months in advance. So I ended up touching up my resume and whatnot, not really like actively looking, but I did go ahead and make it readily available. And man, calls different right interviews here, interviews there. And it was funny, the one that I was not looking for was the one that ended up um, calling me, which is my current job. And they said they found my resume and whatnot. So. I've, I set up the interview and I go to the interview and I knock it out the park. And uh, like the day later when they hired me on full time, like not even through temp, like I got hired for full time day one. So it's really just like um, I was not so much as looking, but they ended up finding me. And I just knew that, I, you know, my faith was just like, just let me get out here. I know the opportunities are endless. I know Dallas Fort Worth is growing. Is booming right now as far as the job market. Well, at that time, it was booming job market-wise, and I know that the housing market is booming then, it's booming now, and I just need to just, just to get out there, and everything else is going to work out. So um, fast forward in time, man, it's just like I'm at a job that I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind going to work every day. I wouldn't mind some time off. like, yeah. But um, I think everybody would like some, some time off from their job. But uh, they treat me well. Um, they they love they love you know my ethic and my persona and what I bring to the table. And uh, I feel like if I ever feel like I'm not being challenged, or if I feel like I, I no longer have the the want to to go to like to be at this job anymore, I kind of check out like mm-hmm. mentally before yeah. I actually check out physically and whatnot. And uh, I have not had that experience with this particular company that I'm with now. And um, the opportunity for growth is definitely here at my job and stuff like that, or even just in the area. Um, You don't necessarily have to be at this particular job that I'm at now, but um, really I just needed the opportunity. It just so happened to fall in my lap and I kind of just took it and ran with it. And um, I've been rolling ever since, man. Yeah, great. That's a really good story, actually. Um, so you said like, oh, you wouldn't mind some time off, right? Yeah. So that kind of leads me to kind of my next thing. The thing I know about you that you've been doing the last few years um, is you're a golfer. Yes. How did you get into golf? Man, when we were uh, one of my best friends growing up. Uh, he ended up going to Tech with me too, but he, he left a little bit afterwards. And uh, he ended up taking a uh, a golf class, right? And um, I didn't realize, I thought Rustin only had like, what is it, maybe that one golf course. Um, I forget the name of it, but I didn't know that they had a, a Louisiana Tech municipal golf course like right down, uh, right down the street from the school. So he was telling me, and I was like, okay, okay. So I went and checked, you know, I was like, I don't have no clubs. I really don't know what I'm doing. But just to get out there, like I said earlier, I I love nature. Like, I love being outside and just being amongst, like, hearing the birds chirp and just the ambient noise kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I ended up going to Tech's golf course, which was it's closed now, but at the time it was a nine it was a nine hole golf course, and man, just going there and I'm talking about just I was swinging with his clubs at one at first. I was like, oh, nah, man. Once I got out there and I started playing around, I was like, I'm, I need to get my own, man, because I definitely enjoyed it. It's a sport that I, in, a, in a type of environment that I enjoy. And uh, and uh, it's just one-on-one. Like, it's, it's it can be a team thing, but it's really just you, concentration, and, and just being outside and just for the sport of it. And um, I'm not – Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson or anything like that, obviously. But it's just I was not I was too short for like basketball. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I didn't have like my school didn't offer football and I love baseball, but I was like not gifted like that athletically for baseball. But I've always been drawn to more so outside the box kind of thing, more mm-hmm. so than what people that look at me would imagine. You know what I'm saying? I love baseball, like I said earlier. And now that I found, like, bowling, I love to bowl. Uh, racquetball. Me, um, you remember O.D.? Yeah, I remember O.D. Yeah, man. He, he the one that put me on stuff like that, like racquetball and stuff like that. So it's just going to a, a, a different environment like it tech and it being exposed to new things that I wouldn't even imagine. And, man, it just getting that little first taste of, of going out there with my best friend at the time and um just like just he put me on on game like on golf and stuff like that and then i started i found local golf courses back home uh there's a golf course back in homer and then they had one in arcadia and it's just like man i didn't even know this stuff was here you know what i'm saying and then one thing led to another man it's just like i can just go out there and just be free i don't need um a lot to go out there. I've, I've I got the same golf clubs that I that I've had probably since I was since I left Ruston, which is like five years. Um, they're about five years old that I have these clubs, and I really need to get some more. It's an expensive. It can be an expensive hobby if you dedicate yourself like that to it. But I'm more so just a casual kind of golfer thing. I would love to be more uh, more than casual. With golf, um, like I really am looking towards um, taking some lessons and just fine tuning some things. Um, like my birthday was uh, had just passed recently, and we uh, my family came up and we went to Top Golf, and Top Golf is one of my um, I really dig Top Golf. It's expensive, but I really mm-hmm. do enjoy Top Golf, man. It's um, it's fun, the environment, the ambiance, and stuff like that, and plus it's something that I like to do. So it's for me, I find joy in it because it allows me to, you know, it's just me and the ball and trying to get it into the hole and whatnot. And it's just something that I figured I found my kind of niche. For Some people that like lacrosse or some people like skateboarding and stuff like that, I like to golf. So that's just yeah. a little known fact that not a lot of people really, too many people know, but I guess it's out the bag now. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I the thing that I like is I, I love it when black people are into sports that aren't traditionally, you know, air quote, black, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing against football and basketball at all, right? Because those, mm-hmm. those are fun sports. But you get somebody, because like um, my sister, when she was in high school or middle school, used to play tennis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know, uh, I know, um, shoot, um, are you Dylan, brother? I, I can escape my name at this moment. I feel so bad, but he um, he was a cheerleader and he um, does he he owns that gymnastics. Uh, oh, Henry, Henry, yeah, Henry, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Henry, man. Shout out to Henry, and like him, I, I know I know a few black people, not a lot, um, like maybe two, who play soccer, right? For fun, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just like I love it when I see black people playing sports that aren't like quote unquote black because like black people are, are good at it's so many things right so like, many like, things dog. you can play any sports you want to don't limit yourself to two mm-hmm. or three or whatever right mm-hmm. whatever sport is out there and if you enjoy it do it 
Go do at least try it. You never right. know. Exactly. Try it, man. And I, I'm more so the same way like you, man. It's because I uh, I guess people don't really know what a lot of people may not know what I look like. I have dreadlocks, right? Mm-hmm. And man, you should see um the the looks and whatnot that I get as far as when I step out the car and I'm un, you know, I'm putting my shoes on and I'm going and I, I bring my clubs out and whatnot, and it's just like I don't really pay it any attention, but you can kind of feel like you people, can you can feel it, right? Mm-hmm. And especially going to like, uh, um, even if it's a municipal golf course, you can kind of tell the vibe is um, where you kind of want it and where, where you not want it and stuff like that. And I guess that's why I like it even more is because they know, they in their minds, I'm not supposed to be there, but I really don't care. I'm there and I'm going to be there and... Um, nothing's going to stop you from from being there you know what i'm saying so they can people like to uh, object objectify or whatnot look at people and judge a book by its cover without knowing that that's a pretty dope book you know what i'm saying but they don't they they too busy looking on uh this he can't he don't know what he's doing or why is he here kind of thing and i encourage people if you um if it's on your heart to do something like you want to try, try tennis, I've, I've tried tennis when I was at Tech. Bowling is mad fun. Um, you don't have to necessarily be the best, but at least oh, broaden your horizon. Definitely get out there and try something else that you that you're not really accustomed to, and you never know you may like it. Like my cousin, for instance, he snowboards, and I really don't know how many black people are out there snowboard, but apparently it is. Like there are quite a few people that out there that do that. And I guess, like I said earlier, I've been an outside the box kind of guy. And what really started for me is um, Tony Hawk. That was a guy um, I I played. I played um, Tony Hawk pro skater and he had a black skater on there named Stevie Williams. And um, shout out to him and DGK and all them, man. He really opened my eyes up to knowing that, there are black people out here that do more than just run run a football or, or shoot a basketball kind of thing. Like you can be yourself in another uh, 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 dominated uh, sport, if you will. Um, look at Venus and Serena. You know what I'm saying? They breaking barriers, and of course, Tiger. Tiger is like one is my favorite um, golf athlete. If you uh, of all time, no matter what he does outside of his person in his personal life, you got to be able to separate the personal from the professional mm-hmm. kind of thing and whatnot. And Tiger will go down, in my opinion, is the greatest golfer of all time because I saw Tiger. I didn't see Jack Nicholas or anybody else or, or, or Ernie um, or what's there. Are, there have been other black pioneers before him obviously they have played golf but as far as my generation going forward tiger is definitely like the 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 standard the gold standard um that you know i look up to as far as his professional life and um i encourage people man don't specialize in just one thing and i tell you if you got children man let them try different things let them get out there and run track wrestle uh golf tennis um lacrosse uh, soccer. I mean, there are so many different avenues. Even if they don't even play sports, let put them in the robotics club, try chess club, let them work their mind. And I think that's another reason why I like golf. It is a mental sport, also as well as a physical sport. You have to think and uh, judge distance and wind and stuff like that. And uh, it can be very challenging. And it's a challenge that I accept and whatnot, man. So. That's a little long-winded answer, but definitely no, get out there and try try different things. Yeah, because you never know what what you may find that you may like. Right. Um. So yeah, my next question is a question I ask everybody. So I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. What is highly autobiography? Man. I heard you ask like um, some of your guests that. Well, I know you asked pretty much all your guests that, but the podcast that I was listening to, it's just interesting to hear the different answers and whatnot. And I was trying to come up with something quirky or whatnot, man. And um, 
I really, oh man, that's that's a hard that's a hard question, man. That really think about like what would you name your autobiography? And um, like I was trying to think of like Nas is my favorite rapper, right? My favorite artist of all time. And I was trying to think of like one of his songs or something like that that I could use. And um, I guess I could say. Um, like it was written or something like that, or to be continued kind of thing or something like that. Like, uh, like it's still a work in progress kind of thing. But as far as like at this particular point in time, it'd be like, um, man, I don't know, man. That's, that's a hard question or something, you know? It's, Cause what would you name yours? Let's, let's, I, I, I wanna, yeah. I, I, want, I want to know what you what you would name yours. I don't know what I would name mine. I haven't thought of it, right? It's uh, I've always done it, you know. It's it's for my guest to answer. Not yeah, to, you know. That's what I, I don't know. Maybe one day, maybe like the the last episode of the season or something, I'll, I'll say what I would name my autobiography. But I don't know right now. I haven't thought about, it. I, but I will think about it. Yeah, I mean, my mine is um. Uh, it, it, it might be like corny or something like that, but I guess you could say like concrete rose or something like that. I, I guess concrete uh, concrete rose um, would definitely be, I guess that you, you could call it that. Um, yeah, man, I think a concrete rose would be, would be my own, the title. Okay. Hey, man. Not, I said, it's just something I thought of just on the fly. Not, not yeah. a lot of, not a lot of thought like in depth went into it too much because obviously I would I don't find like I don't know what I would name it but that's the one that I think uh like a concrete rose so yeah I think that's probably what, I think that's what I would call it concrete rose I like it all right brother is there uh yeah this is the part we call our uh, shameless self promotion or uh shameless plug you want to tell people your socials, any organizations you're a part of you want to promote, or any charities you like, oh, the donate this, and just whatever you want to promote right now, promote, promote it. Okay. Um, first off, I want to thank you for taking out the time with your busy schedule to have me on your podcast, bro. I, that is not something that I take for granted, um, just to take the time out to actually want to talk to me. Is something that, like I said, I do not take for granted at all. You are my brother. I can't thank you enough for having me on on this podcast. Um, I hope it is half as good as the previous um, guest that you had on. Um, as far as for my, um, you can follow me on all on social media at uh, Eddie. That's E D D I E. T H A the uh, D O N Don Eddie the Don on IG, uh, Snapchat, um, and Twitter. I have a Facebook, but I really don't post on there that much. Um, another thing I want to tell people, man, is I appreciate life, man. Life is definitely precious. Um, tomorrow is not promised. Uh, whatever makes you happy. Try to dedicate a little bit of time out of your 24 hours that you that you have towards nurturing that, feeding into that, whether it be anything from like a coloring book to balancing a checkbook or going out for a walk or shooting some ball or just hanging with your children or whatever makes you happy. Please make sure you take the time out of your busy schedule to um, dedicate time towards that. Um, life is precious, man, and we're only here but for a finite period of time. Um, definitely, definitely try to nurture that. Um, definitely read more. Um, put down, like, turn off the news or, or at least mute the news and free your mind and try to read a little bit more. And uh, go listen to J. Cole, man. Go listen to some <laughs> J. Cole. Listen to some of Tribe Called Quest. Um, I'm trying to um, get into like more history and whatnot as it pertains to our culture 
and just like black people in general, like as far as like knowledge of self kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So definitely take the time out to 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 talk to your ancestors, man, your elders, and, and get their story as far as what like how was life when they were coming up, who were what was life for their parents when they were coming up, and kind of thing. Because a lot of us don't necessarily know, we can't trace our family tree back, but to a certain period of time. And it's uh, like I said earlier, man, we're only here for a finite period of time, man. So learn to love and appreciate life all around, man, because definitely it's, it's precious. And um, that's all I got to say, man. Peace, man. Let let it rain free, man. That's all I got. Hey, brother, I appreciate you coming on the podcast a lot. Um, it means a lot to me when anybody comes on the show, but it means so much more to me when my close friends come on because um, it just means a lot. So I I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today, bro. Hey, man, anytime, bro. You know, I was, I I can't uh, fake the funk, bro. I was nervous when you asked me because I felt like this is, this is your project. You feel me? And I don't even know what I could bring to the table as far as like, I'm just, and then I got to thinking about the title, the ordinary show, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it hit home because I feel like, you know, I'm just an ordinary guy. You know, I really don't, I'm not out here, you know, flying spaceships or nothing like that, but I'm just out here trying to make each and every day the best day that I can. And, uh, yeah, man, trying to enjoy the little things, man. So thank you once again, bro. I really do appreciate it. And anytime that you want to reach out to me or anything like that, man, I'm only a call or a text or a tweet or anything like that away, man. I'm, I'm open to everybody. Um, I'm friendly. Uh, I'm looking for more people. If you're out here in the DFW area, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. We can hang out. We can go to a golf course or something like that or go uh, grab a drink or something like that, man. So once again, man, I say peace. Appreciate it. All right, bro. We'll talk to you. All right, man. Take it easy, bro. You too, bro. All right. Bye. I want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe leave a five-star rating, and share this podcast on social media. It helps. Follow us on Twitter at Ordinary Show Pod. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest, please email us at theordinaryshowpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, I'd like to remind you, there's nothing wrong with being ordinary. Some of the best people I know are ordinary. <laughs>